0: Welcome to another episode of the DFS Dose, your fix of DFS information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hoffer, and As always, I'm joined by the two J's, Joey and Jared, and gentlemen, NFL Week 2 is here. I'm excited to be here talking to you boys, getting back into a weekly rhythm, breaking down and researching a slate in seven days rather than like six weeks. And right off the bat, the salary is much tighter this week. But that being said, there is still value on the slate, and we are going to dive into all of that. On today's show, we're going to be going position by position, giving our favorite cash and GPP plays. And later on, we will talk about some players who are primed for a bounce back after a disappointing week one. And finally, we will close the show out with some low-owned stacks that could help you take down a tournament. But before we get into any of that, Joey, would you mind telling the people how and where they can support the podcast? You can
1: find the DFS dose on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcast, all you have to do is go on iTunes, uh search the DFS dose and click that subscribe button and it'll help us out immensely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And before we get into the main slate on DraftKings, do you guys have any thoughts on the showdown slate for the Thursday night games? The Bengals are hosting the Ravens. We got a division matchup. Uh who do you guys like in that game?
2: I like the Bengals, honestly. All the Bengals? Love the Bengals.
0: So you're going full on Dalton, Green, Ross, maybe a little Eifert in there. You're
2: you're missing the biggest part. Give it to me. Joe Mixon.
0: Oh, of course. Absolutely, yeah, Mixon. I could see it uh, with Jimmy Smith's missing a game. I do definitely like A.J. Green this week. But I'm going to just say it right now. Kenneth Dixon was put on IR today. The key to winning the showdown this week is Alex Collins in your captain spot, where you get 1.5 points on DraftKings. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be off of him uh, after posting a disappointing Week One against the Bills, and um, what seemed like a perfect matchup. But Alex Collins should regain his regular 18 to 20 touch uh, carry projection in a what should be a tighter game anyways, where they're not blowing out the other team by 40 points. So, um, I think Alex Collins is in for a huge game, and I'm going to be locking him into my captain slate on probably the only lineup that I play in Showdown. Do you, do what about have,
1: Buck Allen? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask.
0: I mean, I like it. I think Allen is a decent change of pace back, and he'll probably get the receptions. But, I mean, I, I still think that Collins is has a pretty secure workload, and I don't think that they'll be playing Allen in the red zone. I mean, yeah. I Collins should have the the, you know, the higher potential touches so to speak and and if anything my main showdown lineup is going to consist of Mixon, Collins in the captain spot, both defenses and and maybe like AJ Green and one of the kickers, I don't know, but but yeah, I'm going to be going for Collins for sure as my as my prime play in that game.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see the game tomorrow or tonight actually um being a like a low scoring defensive game. Um, yeah. Andy Andy Dolan is usually trash in and time games. I don't know if you guys have ever watched him play on a Thursday night or Sunday night or Monday night.
2: Forgot about that. But he is
1: terrible, legit. So that is and tough.
0: and it's a division game. I like Most the Ravens. Thursday night games are low low scoring traditionally.
1: Yeah, I'm
2: changing my opinion. Pod pod. <laughs> I love the Ravens. Yeah,
1: I like the I like the Ravens. <laughs> To um to win and I like the, I like the play of Collins a lot. I agree that he should go in the captain spot. Then I could also um, go with a play of maybe John Brown or Crabtree.
0: Who do you like in your uh captain spot, Jared?
2: Jill Mixon. Did you see how many touches he got? He um, he completely snapped last week. They gave him every fair? touch that came his way. Like anytime. He got almost all he out touched Gill, what, twenty two to two or something? I know Gio only got like two yeah. touches.
0: Yeah, that 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 sounds about right. But um my only concern with that, they are at home, which I do like for Mixon. But that being said, the the Ravens run defense is a complete different story from the Colts. So I think he's he's gonna have a tougher time uh turning those carries into production than he did last week.
2: Yeah, but what about all the catches? I think he gets hurt. I think I okay. My prediction for Mixon about 15 carries, like 65 yards, five catches, 40 yards, but he scores one time to the ground. I can and see that. And that'll be a that solid captain. That'll be a solid captain.
1: Week 17 of last year, spot. the Bengals played the Ravens in Baltimore, and Joe Mixon had 18 carries for 96 yards and one catch for one yard. He's way more involved in the passing game now. and yes. they, they've
0: And their offensive that. line is better as well.
2: Yeah, they've proven that week one. And they honestly, it hurt. I love Gio Bernard, but they never gave him a chance.
0: Yeah, Gio is, uh, I mean, a lot of people sort of thought he was going to be in sort of a split role with Mixon. I don't think that's going to be the case at all. Um, He's probably just strictly a handcuff at this point.
1: Yeah, they just never gave him a shot.
0: All right, guys. um, Anything else before we move on to our position by position breakdown?
1: The Ravens are going to blow the Bengals out.
0: All right, bold, bold. I like it. Yeah, I mean, for me, when, when when it's these division matchups with teams that aren't necessarily prolific and have decent defenses, which both of these guys do, I'm going to be all over the defenses and run games, fading the past games, although it's pretty hard to fade A.J. Green with the Ravens missing their top corner. So that is something to think about. But uh, let's move on to our position-by-position position breakdown of week two's main slate on DraftKings, and we will start with the quarterback position um who's standing out to you guys at, uh, at quarterback in week two uh specifically let's talk cash games first
2: someone i'm playing an every lineup cash game of gpp is going to be alex smith at home against indy
0: alex smith at home against the colts uh what do you like about smith
2: i like that the offense is more fluid mm. and he's just he's like blossomed to it Actually, a good passer and not just a game manager anymore. They gave him thirty attempts last week. He completed seventy of them. Two hundred fifty-five yards, two touchdowns, ran for fourteen yards, which doesn't do much for you. And they actually have a run game with AP was solid last week against Arizona, who isn't. They don't. I don't think they have a bad defense. Um, yeah, but. Jordan Reed's back which is a huge boost. He looked healthy. Crowder didn't get any any run last week for whatever reason so I expect him to have a big part of this week. And Richardson and Doxson, mostly Richardson played very well last week.
0: Do you have any concern, uh, the Washingtons, uh, the Redskins are currently six and a half point favorites. They only have a team total of 20 and a quarter. Do you have any concern that they're going to be sort of grinding out the clock in the second half and Smith won't necessarily get the opportunity to be, you know, get a significant passing volume in week two?
2: Honestly, I don't love the Redskins defense as much as they showed last week because I think last week was a fluke honestly their defense isn't that good Bradford is I don't want to get into that I could talk about that for hours Bradford's bad that offense was just a, a terrible showing last week they couldn't even get David Johnson going so that was just a bad offense. That won't happen again. Washington isn't going to be blowing out anybody at all. That was the only time they're ever going to be running the clock down like that. Alex Smith is going to be throwing the whole game, every game from here on out. All right.
0: um, Joey, who do you like uh, as, as a main staple in your cash game lineups this week?
1: Uh, look no further than Drew Brees right at the top at 7,200. Yeah, he he's kind of priced up. He's the highest quarterback on the slate, uh, in terms of salary. But I feel like in a matchup against the Browns at home, where uh the Browns are currently ranked 18th, so in the middle of the pack in in terms of passing defense, um, Drew Brees should put up some good numbers just like he did against the Bucks. So I don't know. I just like I just like his uh floor, in for cash.
0: Yeah, that's fair. It's just sort of the issue of whether or not you're going to be able to find the extra salary this week. Yeah, to pay I mean, up.
1: I feel like this week is is looking like a pay down at quarterback, even in cash, and mm-hmm. find salary elsewhere for maybe like a top running back because since the prices are very uh, tighter this week, after just one week of play, um, you're going to need to you know find the value plays, but. If you want to pay up at quarterback, Drew Brees is definitely the the way to go, in my opinion, for cash.
0: For sure. I mean, on the other side of uh, the ball in that game, I'm a a big fan of Tyrod Taylor this week. Um, Taylor is only 5,900, and we saw what Ryan Fitzpatrick did to the Saints defense. Um, That being said, I don't think that uh, Tyrod Taylor is going to pass as much as Fitzpatrick did. I don't think he's going to have necessarily as much success through the air. But Tyrod has a significant rushing floor. That's the kind of thing that I'm going to be targeting in cash games especially. And the thing with Drew Brees is it's it's an interesting situation because, like you said, I don't think that he'll struggle to find points against uh, the Browns. And they're not really a team right now that can handle grinding out the clock because uh, they've they've already made it clear that they're not going to give Camara significant touches. Um, they want to manage his touches around... 10 to 12, which is uh, not his touches, but I mean his carries, around 10 to 12, um, 12 currently his career high, and um, they're gonna have to pass because Gilsley didn't show ball security last week. He showed that he was not necessarily that player for them. So I think that they're gonna be passing, um, even though it may not be at the same volume as they did against the Bucks when they were in comeback mode. But uh, I think Tyrod is going to have a chance to put up a lot of points in this game. Uh, just with his rushing floor and Josh Gordon getting more work. He's officially their number two wide receiver behind Landry and and technically probably their number one, even though he may not lead them in targets. So I I like uh, Tyrod Taylor this week in cash.
1: I also like Pat Mahomes as well for cash. I think this uh, Chiefs-Steelers game is going to be a shootout. So I also like all the players in there, which we'll talk about. Uh, later on the pod,
0: yeah, Mahomes is uh, definitely going to be in a potential shootout. And, and he showed that,
1: um, you know, he could uh, handle the pressure of playing in the NFL since it was his first career start last week, and he kind of showed out. He had four touchdowns, no interceptions.
2: Against good defense.
1: Yeah, I mean they were missing uh, Bosa, but it's still. Uh, I
0: mean. Yeah, he Bosa's he he actually had all day defense. though. But he, he really – they weren't getting as much pressure on uh, on Mahomes as I'm sure they would have liked to. He he had quite a bit of time to, to work, and I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case with the Steelers. He
1: had a quarterback rating of 127.5, which is pretty good for your first start ever. Very. Yeah, no yeah, doubt. But, I mean, Decent. is the Steelers' pass rush better than the Chargers?
0: Without Bosa, it's comparable, I would say.
1: I mean, I feel like – Yeah. I mean, TJ Watts – really coming on but he also faced a backup left tackle on the browns who absolutely got this i'm not talking about just one game i mean
2: at, even at the end of last year he's really coming i on. mean
1: he had he had um was it four sacks against the Browns? he had three sacks excuse me three sacks yeah three sacks oh, solid yeah eight. that's
0: that's significant um if I'm not playing Taylor in cash, I'm gonna be looking for a hundred more at six thousand. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, against Detroit. Um, obviously, the Lions' defense looked absolutely horrible uh, on Monday night, and they're on a short week, traveling from you know all the way to the West Coast for the Forty ers game. Um, I think Garoppolo will have a chance to really exploit what looks like a pretty soft defense in Detroit. So, especially um, if Slay doesn't play right. Slay's going to play.
1: Think so? Slay, yeah, so yeah, Slay's play. As a Lions um, fan. And so
0: is Ziggy Ansah, who lost the game. As a Lions fan,
1: how do you feel about that whooping mm-hmm. that the New York Jets put on you guys in Detroit?
2: <laughs>
0: the um, Jets. They came into I think your house it was, and said, sit down. I think it was a, a very, very disappointing game. I really, I mean, there's no excuses for it. It was, it was really bad. Um, that being said, the national media has really sort of pinpointed Patricia as the one to blame, which I don't agree with at all. Patricia wasn't the one who was misreading defenses and throwing clear, just bad interceptions. That was Stafford. Um, but even that being said, I think that Stafford's, you know, career as a whole has has shown that he's not necessarily that player. He was just a, that was just a bad game. Um, Stafford's a player I would look to, Look at uh even in GPPs this week as someone who could bounce back. Yeah, but that being said, that was a very disappointing, very so, disappointing week
1: so for the Lions. You saw the report about how like the players were frustrated that Matt Patricia was working them too hard in the preseason. Because I'm, if I'm not mis- the vets, um, right? If I'm not mistaken, somebody predicted that the Lions would lose that game since Matt Patricia was working the players too hard in their opinion in preseason.
0: Well, um, a lot of that comes from uh, Carlos Monarez of the Detroit Free Press, who is essentially like in terms of journalism, he's like a Stephen A. Smith character where he just basically just floats out stories that'll piss Lions fans off just to (laughs) get the clicks. He's literally a terrible journalist and everyone who follows the Lions knows it. And basically what happened is he had a story back uh, in the beginning of the preseason where he said that... Uh, Patricia was losing Lions players because he was making them run laps. Um, that story was later debunked by several Lions players who said, I mean, running laps is just part of what it is, um, and that Monterey was essentially tripping. And uh, <laughs> basically, Mike Garofalo, uh went back and sort of rehashed the same story. He didn't find any new information or anything. He was just rehashing the same story. And uh, when asked about it today, Glover Quinn, the Lions star safety, basically said... Um, that, you know, whenever you have a new coach, not every player is going to buy into the the new coach because, I mean, it's a big roster. Not everyone's going to buy into the coach. Um, that being said, a lot of Belichick's disciples have had trouble uh, trying to implement his same, you know, methodologies in, in new places. So I, I don't think that there's necessarily nothing to it, but that being said, I mean, the Lions are going to have to get over it. Patricia and GM Bob Quinn have... A pretty tight relationship i don't think patricia's going anywhere so they're gonna have to get over it and bottom line stafford just has to play better and make better reads it seemed like he was so committed to making plays like make going through with the play call rather than reading the defense yeah. and that's why he was playing so bad so i would anticipate that stafford bounces back against a softer secondary in san francisco but that was one of um i'd be more inclined to play garoppolo
1: stafford's worst games of his career if not the worst right I've never seen him
0: play that Um, The only thing that's comparable to me, at least in recent memory, since, I mean, early in his career, he wasn't necessarily as good as I think he is now, but last year he had a game against the Saints where they absolutely demolished him, and he, was, he threw the most batted balls uh, out of any game in NFL history. I think there were, like, seven batted balls, and he was just clearly, like, flummoxed, so... I think Stafford is good for one of these meltdown games every year. Kind of like Dalton, he's not necessarily a player who does well under uh, primetime pressure, but like I said, I've seen too much out of Stafford. I believe in Stafford that he will bounce back from this and not let it ruin his uh, season. Anything else about the Lions? That was kind of a tangent. That was um, some, (laughs) Um, some
1: great speaking
0: for sure. Um who do you guys like uh besides uh those guys? So, let's talk about GPPs here at quarterback. Um I'll just kick it off real quick. Uh since we were just talking about it, uh I think Stafford is going to be super low owned cuz everyone saw him fail on Monday night and I would be interested in playing Stafford in a game that I think has a lot of potential to shoot out and be sort of an underrated game to target.
1: Josh Allen. Not- yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Don't even get us started on that Bills quarterback situation, Jesus.
0: Hey, McDermott he heard our last pod. Definitely did though.
1: listen to the uh, last episode, and he made the right decision because that dude Nathan Peterman is straight up garbage. I like Call Stafford. Him. Um, I feel like the points that you've brought up are very well like given points, and I agree. And I also like. Case Keenum again this week. I know I've been saying Case Keenum a lot. <clears throat> but he played pretty well last week. Um uh, minus the three interceptions that he threw. They were kind of a uh, bad throws, all three of those picks. He could have had another interception, but the Seahawks dropped it. He also threw three touchdowns though to combat the three picks, and they got the win over the Seahawks. And it showed that he had a clear connection with Sanders. And him and Demarius also have like a little uh, you know, connection growing. So I feel like playing the Broncos again could be a move. And I like Case Keenum a lot.
0: Jared, who do you like uh, for GPPs this week?
1: All right,
2: stick with me here.
1: Deshaun Watson
2: might be the highest scoring quarterback this week.
0: I he, love that call.
2: He played terrible last Shout out week. to the Patriots defense. Yeah, he just played bad. But if we all remember who he completely dotted up last year is now on the Titans. Malcolm Butler. We're talking
0: about Malcolm Butler here. Mm-hmm.
2: And it's just going to be deja vu all over again. He's go- he's going to dot up Malcolm Butler. He's going to score 30-plus 30, 30 points. Guaranteed. Mark it down. You have a lot. I'm playing him
1: um, in every You have a lot
2: GB. of guarantees. <laughs> I mean, I guaranteed John Ross would score and he scored. Yes. Yeah, seven points. That's a fact. And and Ted Ginn, I said he was gonna score a touchdown. He scored a touchdown. That was the very first thing I ever said.
0: Um, in terms of Watson, I do like Watson. He should also be getting Will Fuller back this week. Um DeAndre Hopkins was limited. Uh, in practice on Wednesday so that's something to monitor although it seems to just be sort of like a, you know veteran rest so I don't think that that's going to be a major concern and we saw what Kenny Stills did to the Tennessee defense if he can do it Fuller and Hopkins can both definitely do it um yeah I definitely like that call with Watson um especially if people are going to be off of him it's really going to depend on ownership um Anybody else you guys want to mention at quarterback?
1: Watson's running ability, also that we didn't mention, gives him that boost that you know, like that you mentioned with Tyrod. He mm-hmm. has the ability to run and break a long run. I don't know how is,
2: how willing he's going to be able. He is. I don't know how willing I mean, he is to run off that. He had ACL He round. had
1: eight. He had eight carries for forty yards. Uh, last week against the Patriots. I don't so, know if mean,
2: he'll keep doing that, though. You know, straight off ACL yeah, tear.
1: yeah, yeah, that's understandable. But I mean, just in last week, that was that's an extra four points, just from him, uh, getting carries at at the quarterback position.
0: Uh, just a quick glance at some of the early ownership projections, Watson is still towards the top. So I'm not sure if uh, yeah. he's even really getting a discount uh for his bad week. I think people are kind of uh already on that.
1: I think people just love him for some reason for what he did last year, and they just won't get off of him, honestly. Yeah,
0: Um, and I think another one that we can mention is Ben Roethlisberger, uh, in a a clear great spot uh, at home against a defense that surrendered a ton of yards and touchdowns to um, the Chargers last week and Phillip Rivers. Uh, You'd have to pay up for Roethlisberger. He's going to be popular, but, I mean... The ceiling is so high. Um, I think Roethlisberger could sort of be this week's Drew Brees is sort of a high-priced option in, an, in a shootout.
1: I love Ben Roethlisberger this week. I'm glad you mentioned that. That game should be a shootout, and he should uh, throw at least three touchdowns against the Chiefs' terrible secondary. Phillip Rivers just dotted them up, and he de- And Philip Rivers has Keenan, but he doesn't have Juju, and now James Conner and Antonio Brown.
0: Yep. That is a fact. Not to mention Rivers. Uh, Rivers could have had an even bigger week, a much bigger yeah. week, if he didn't get several drop touchdowns. So I think Roethlisberger. He's shown that he can have multiple six down, uh, six touchdown games in a season. So I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if he really blew up this week. Because Travis Benjamin
1: dropped a touchdown. Um, Tyrell, Tyrell dropped two. Tyrell. yep, he dropped two touchdowns. So. Phillip rivers could have had a big day last week but i mean he did but he could have had an even bigger day so that just that just makes uh big ben just like a beautiful option sitting at 6900
0: um all right let's transition over to another position and talk tight end for a moment So, for tight end this week, I think there's a sweet spot if you're in the range of 3,600 to 4,000, especially in cash games. You could target Doyle at 4,000 for the Colts. He had 10 targets last week. Um, You could go a little bit lower, George Kittle at 3,800 against the Detroit Lions uh, linebacking core that is deficient, to say the least. And at 3,600, the lowest option that I'd feel comfortable with this week in cash, uh, Jared Cook who faced a Denver team that allowed 1,000 yards receiving to tight ends last uh, last year. He was one of only – Denver was one of only three teams who allowed that. Um, Cook had a robust 12 targets, nine receptions last week for 180 yards um, and showed that he could be a true uh, sort of safety blanket for Derek, uh, for Derek Carr. And uh, what do you guys think about those three options at tight end for Cash?
2: I love Kittle
0: the most out of – Every tight end other than Jordan Reed this week.
1: I like Kittle a lot, um, especially if uh, Goodwin is out. Kittle ran a route on eighty-seven percent of Jimmy Garoppolo's dropbacks, and if Goodwin is out, that means more targets are going to go to Kittle and even Garcon, which we could talk about in the receiver segment. So yeah, I, I like Kittle a lot this week. Jared and Jared Cook, I mean. The stat for the Broncos uh, allowing over 1,000 yards receiving to tight ends is interesting, but I'm just not a Jared Cook believer. I just I just think that game is a fluke. Um,
2: I think that's a little boosted because, I mean, they got Kelsey he, in that division.
1: Yeah, he's shown, like, Jared Cook has shown that he's an inconsistent player, in my opinion. So his games after gaining 100 yards receiving – One catch for 10 yards, and that was with the Cardinals. Then when he was with the Packers, he got one catch for 7 yards. These are games after he got 100 yards receiving. Then with Oakland, he had four catches for 57 yards and two catches for 36 yards. So in my opinion, I feel like he's due for a letdown game. And probably the rest of the season. That'll definitely, without a doubt, be his high-scoring fantasy week. So I'm kind of off Jared Cook. But I love Kittle.
0: Um if Goodwin comes back, do you think that Kittle could see a reduced target share? Um you know, I think part of maybe the reason that he was so heavily targeted is because Goodwin was out early in that game.
1: Yeah, if Goodwin comes back, then obviously George Kittle will lose targets. He had nine targets last week. Um he had five catches for ninety yards. So he got 14 points on DraftKings, which is pretty solid um, for George Kittle, and he was only 3,300 as well, so he provided some value as a cheap tight end, but if Goodwin is playing, then for sure he definitely won't get nine targets, I think.
0: Kittle also did drop a touchdown last uh, last week, so um, he could have had an even bigger stat that... Would have uh, made him more popular this week. And uh, just one more thing, while we're talking about these low uh, price guys, Jack uh, Jack Doyle had a fumble that cost that ended up uh, costing the Colts the game. So um, I don't think that that would necessarily impact his usage. I mean, he's got some rapport with Luck. I think he's a vet, and they they wouldn't really look at one fumble as something that would reduce his target share. But Ebron is there. He had a decent showing, at least. Um, It's just something to consider with Doyle. I don't think that it is necessarily a big deal, though. Um, Jared, you mentioned Jordan Reed as one of your favorite options this week. What do you like about Reed?
2: It just goes back to liking Alex Smith a lot and not liking the indie defense. I mean, I know um, Tyler Eifert didn't do a lot last week, but he still scored, I want to say, nine points off the top of my head. Um, Jordan Reed was third in the team in targets last week and I think that should just increase since he's still getting healthier. I mean, he's coming off a... Well, I guess he's always coming off an injury, but... Um... And he scored a touchdown. I think he caught all but one target that he got last week. He's 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 been looking good. And, uh, again... He has. The, um... Colts linebacking core, safety core. Other than Malik Hooker, if he's even back yet, I don't even think he's back yet, is he? He is. he is. He is? He's not a great cover safety anyways in my eyes. So I mean, I think Jordan Reed could be in for a huge game. And I'm definitely playing him if I don't play Kittle. But that like that like they said, it, it, it depends on um if Goodwin plays to see who I who I pick.
0: That's that's a fair uh fair concern. Those are definitely going to be the three uh, main cash options. There's some buzz around uh Janu Smith, I think that's how you say it, for the Titans with uh Delaney Walker out for the season now, as well as uh Ian Thomas with the Panthers. Um Thomas is only 2900. Johnu Smith is 3100. Um honestly, I've got no interest in either of them for DraftKings. Um They do present some value, maybe, maybe like a GPP entry. But uh, still, I think that just paying up a couple hundred more for those other guys that we talked about is going to be a lot better. What do you guys think about those uh, sort of buzz players that are going to be filling in for injured stars?
2: I'm not a fan of any of them, except maybe John Smith. He played kind of well last year when he was plugged in there.
1: Yeah, it's just just like the, the fact that you don't know what their role is going to be because mm-hmm. you, you you kind of can't replace greg olson and delaney walker in those offenses and, and they're younger players as well johnny smith is in a second year ian thomas is a rookie um yeah you don't know what you're going to get out of them and that and just the just the uh fear of not knowing like would it get me off of off of them like for especially. sure
0: um in terms of the higher priced guys uh when we're looking at the top 3 Gronk, Ertz, Kelsey I'm not going to be playing Gronk this week he's 7000 it's just it's just too much against the Jacksonville defense even if he is obviously I mean there's no if about it he's a, he's an amazing player the best tight end probably in NFL history but um yeah I'm not playing him at 7000 and and Zach Ertz had 10 targets Uh, If you think that Foles could turn it around in a second effort, uh, I might have some interest in Ertz. Um, But out of the three, I think Kelsey is a good play. He is going to be slept on. He had a disappointing week one, but if that game shoots out, you know Kelsey's a great player. He's gonna get his eventually. Uh, he's only fifty nine hundred. I think that for that option, especially in GPPs, I'm gonna have some interest in Kelsey, especially because I believe most people will be paying down for that mid range tight end. Uh, you could get a different lineup construction if you go up for Kelsey. What do you guys think about the top three?
2: Um, the only person I would play is Hurts Well, I don't know, cause that KC game will be a shootout. I'm not playing Gronk. I'm not playing Gronk. It's too much. Um, I'd play Earths if I could find money for it, but I'm not
1: looking to pay up for anybody at tight end. Mhm. I agree. Um, and I appreciate the kind words about uh Robert Gronkowski, Ben.
0: Uh, you're welcome although it, it really wasn't anything to do with you so you know it's more about I, I mean him. you know as a, as a <laughs> thing,
1: at least you recognize that he is the best tight end in nfl history it's kind of uh
0: undisputable at this point i think yeah. i mean but but whatever especially um, if he
1: if he's healthy for the rest of this season i i don't think you can have an argument for anybody maybe tony gonzalez jason Wynn, but either way i do like yeah. kelsey I don't like Ertz, and if you do decide to play Gronk, you could get a top talent at a very low-owned percentage.
0: That is fair, and I think that's always a good spot to target in GPPs. Great players in um, and, and not-so-great spots, because at any point, a great player can sort of take over. Yeah. But uh, like, that being said, just, just the upside at 7,000, I don't necessarily see it um, I mean, as week.
1: Brady's number one option period Mm -hmm. the obviously the ceiling is there it is to get 25 30 points which would be good but he is seven thousand, which is pretty expensive on a slate where you do have to find value elsewhere and you might have to you know pay up for maybe you know running back or receiver like previously said and although the matchup is bad and he might draw ramsey honestly because uh you know Ramsey made some comments saying that Gronk's catch uh rate drops from 71% to 56% if a cornerback if an elite cornerback is on him so I feel like that's kind of him saying yeah I'm gonna be on you Gronk so you better get ready
0: yeah um that is definitely a fair point um we will see how it goes um let's move on to running back at this point um just uh, let's start with our cash plays. Who do you guys like in terms of cash week uh, week two?
2: I mean, I was looking at Kareem Hunt. I love Kareem Hunt, but that's not a cash play.
0: Yeah, Hunt stands out as a player who got priced down for his disappointing week one. 6,200 uh, on the road against Pittsburgh. He still managed to get 16 carries. He only had one target, which seems low. Um, Having the 4.9 fantasy points in Week 1 is disappointing for a player like Kareem Hunt. Um, Definitely underpriced compared to his peers. But again, yeah, I don't know if I'm going there in cash.
2: Kamara's more than Gurley, huh? Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, (laughs) Someone I would look towards would be Delvin Cook. The Packers' run defense isn't great. And if they want to give him more carries than they did last week, I mean, he got 16, but if they want to give him about 20, I think he scores a touchdown, probably rushes to 80 yards. That's safe enough for me. But someone I'm really targeting is Adrian Peterson at 5,500.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Peterson had a great week one. 26 carries, 96 yards, and a touch. Also, He also had three targets, surprisingly, and managed to get 23 points on DK. He was just uh, four yards short of getting the 100-yard bonus. So, yeah, against a softer defense in Week 2, I could definitely see Peterson as an option, although I don't know if I would go there on a full PPR site where uh, Chris Thompson is going to leech most of the receiving work from him. For
2: 400 more hmm I mm-hmm. I still like Peterson more.
0: Yeah. Um. What about you, Joey? Who are some cash plays you're looking at this week?
1: If I'm paying up for a running back to play in cash, it's gonna be uh, Gurley at 9200.
0: Yeah, um, I absolutely love Gurley this week. Yeah,
1: I feel like he could be a must play. And then, if I'm looking down on the list, you know, you mentioned Chris Thompson. I like him, especially in PPR. A uh, little check down to uh from Alex Smith. So I like that play. And then maybe a lower option if you're looking to pay down. Uh, you know, I could I could uh roll with a Carlos Hyde or James White play.
0: Yeah, the one thing about the Saints defense that didn't struggle was their run defense. They did a pretty good job of shutting Peyton Barber down. So I don't know if I'm gonna necessarily be on Hyde, although we did see him get uh sort of a pretty decent, you know, share of the work there. He had 22 attempts and three targets, two receptions. So, for sure, um, I like Breda a lot uh, when you see what Crowell did to... The Lions defense, I think Braid has a sneaky GPP play, although I probably wouldn't go there in cash just with how much he's splitting with Morris. But Morris lost a couple of fumbles. Um, I think Breda might get a bigger shot in Week 2 against a very shaky Lions defense.
1: This dude lost back-to-back fumbles on the one-yard line. Mm-hmm. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, um... Jared I think in our group chat you might have uh, mentioned Dion Lewis uh, are you a fan of Lewis this week or am I tripping
2: uh, I, don't know, I might have been tripping when I said that <laughs> um, yeah no nah, um, I like I like Dion Lewis it's um that Houston defense isn't as great as I mean covering receiving backs they're not they're not as great as their pass defense, and their pass defense just took a big hit with Kevin Johnson going. He looked like mm-hmm. he got completely like, he looked like he got killed. Honestly, he took a he took a real blow to the head, and he was out. But that's irrelevant. Deion Lewis had a lot of touches last week. He had twenty one touches last week on twenty on well five catches on eight targets, but he had twenty one touches last week, completely out touching Derrick Henry. And he might just be the lead back straight up, and um if Mariota doesn't play, it's just going to be check down, check down, check down I think that being said, though,
0: Mariota job. is trending in the right direction. He was cleared today uh I think, to practice yeah. without any setbacks so um if as long as he doesn't get any setbacks throughout the week, I think we can expect Mariota to play um that being said, Deion Lewis may, like like you pointed out, just be the lead back there. Um, although I would, I would personally like to see a bigger sample size of how him and Henry are going to end up shaking out before I go too hard on either one of them. Yeah. I agree. Um, I'm going to just throw out a couple of names here. I think that uh, Melvin Gordon is in a great situation against the Bills. Um, you know... Unlike the Ravens, who ended up divvying up their carries between Lamar Jackson, Collins, and uh, Dixon, I think Gordon's going to be a workhorse, even though Eckler's there and showed to be pretty decent, um, especially as a receiving option. I think Gordon is going to have a big shot this week. I love Melvin Gordon against the Bills. Um, I also think that Christian McCaffrey is a pretty decent option. Um, I'm going to be interested to see what his ownership is. He was super hyped coming into the season and had a disappointing week one. If people get off of him, I'm going to be all over a uh, Carolina running back facing the Falcons, who have historically struggled against pass-catching backs. The Falcons just lost, uh, what was it, um, Neil, right? They lost Neil for the season? Yeah. Neil yeah. and
2: Deion Jones is out.
0: Yeah, exactly. So they've got a banged up secondary. They've struggled against uh, pass catching backs for the past few years. I think that Christian McCaffrey could bounce back in a big spot in uh, this upcoming week, especially with Olson out. I like it.
2: I like it. And as well.
0: uh, we we can't we can't not mention uh, James Conner here. He got priced up significantly, sixty seven hundred compared to what he was at forty five last week. Le'Veon Bell did not report on Wednesday. He is not going to play in week two, so James Conner is going to be locked in again for another massive workload. Even at 6,700, I think that's underpriced for a player who could, again, have over 30 touches against a defense that got absolutely obliterated by Gordon and Eckler last week. There is no Gordon and Eckler in in, uh, Pittsburgh. It's all going to be Conner. So, again, even though 6,700 is a steep Price increase from from where he was last week. I think that Connor is again super viable, especially in cash and uh, probably in GBPs as well. What do you guys think about Connor for a follow up to his big debut?
2: I love Connor. I just I thought he, he might be a little chalk little because of what he did last week, but I'd still
1: play him no matter what, honestly. Yeah, Connor's a great player.
0: Yeah, um, no doubt. Uh, Is there anybody else that you guys want to toss out here? Um, I think we should definitely at least touch on uh, Alvin Kamara, 9,500, the highest-priced player on the slate, I believe, right? There's no wide receivers. Yeah, yeah, the highest-priced player on the slate, 9,500, absolutely destroyed in week one. And, again, though, I mean, I just – it's so hard for me to play Kamara over somebody like Todd Gurley who's going to have such a bigger workload and is less expensive than him. Um, it's just hard for me
1: to play somebody that expensive yeah
0: personally. you have to make sacrifices in your lineup if you're going up that high
1: i just feel like it's not the move personally like i mean i know some people can make it work and like can hit with using like a higher salary guy like that but i don't know i just find it find it hard to make a a decent lineup when you have 9500 of your uh, fifty thousand 50 going towards one player
0: yeah, um, especially in cash, but I mean, in GPPs, it's at least worth a dart throw. And and that being said, I might be very interested in Todd Gurley this week. Um, even in cash, it just it really depends on how the week shakes out. I think
2: sure. I'm definitely playing Melvin Gordon.
0: Yeah, I love Gordon, no doubt, no doubt. Um, anybody else you guys want to touch on before we move on? Uh, the Patriots backs could be in an interesting situation. Jeremy Hill's on IR. Uh, Burke had had 18 carries last week. James White is going to probably have an increased role in this Jacksonville game, where uh, where Brady is going to be forced to make more quick passes.
1: Hundred percent. I love James White this week.
2: Mm. I don't think so. I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not a fan of any Patriots running back. It's hard for me to play any of them.
0: Burkhead's actually questionable. I think that he is in the concussion protocol. Is that right? Yes. He is in the concussion protocol. If he were to miss, um, I think James White would actually probably be a lock um, for me. Uh, 100% lock. Michelle may be back. Um, That being said, uh, James White would still have a massively increased role um, if Burkhead were to miss. So worth keeping an eye on uh gpp is like i said breda other than that i don't know if there's too much we need to touch on here nope all right uh let's move on to wide receiver um who do we like here in wide receiver for cash games
2: i think with the target share that is getting nelson aguilar has a pretty solid floor uh Foles is looking to him no matter what.
0: Aguilor is sixty one hundred against a Tampa Bay defense that got absolutely torched through the air. We saw what Michael Thomas did. Um that being said, Aguilor's no Michael Thomas. He did get ten targets. He got a couple of rushing attempts. I think he even got a pass attempt. Am I am I mistaken there? Yeah, he got be, one. But yeah, yeah, he did. So um That being said, even with all of that work, he only managed 13.5 points. He only, on his 10 targets and 8 receptions, he managed 33 yards, kind of uh, reminiscent of Jarvis Landry back in his Dolphins days. So the workload's there. um, I could see it. I could see it. I just I don't know if I'm necessarily on that play, but I like where your head is at there. Um, What do you think about Aguilar, Joey?
1: I love Aguilar, especially um, from watching that game. He was definitely Foles' favorite target.
0: Yeah, as long as Alshon's out, he's going to yeah. be the focal point.
1: So if you're getting that target share, um, even though it is Nick Foles and he is honestly not that good in my opinion, you can't pass that up for his price.
0: Yeah, so. I just want to ask you guys, do you think that there's any chance that uh, that Foles bounces back in week two? Because if he does, then I think Aguilar is going to be a much better play um, if he can just at least be a, somewhat of a semblance of how he was in the playoff run. I mean, if he plays like he did last week, I'm going to be pretty off of Aguilar. But, I mean, it's just tough to say with Foles. He's such an up-and-down player. What do you guys think about Foles and the whole Eagles offense there?
1: Foles, Foles he's a good um – like a GPP play, because the Bucks did just lose uh, Vernon Hargraves to IR, so their secondary took an even bigger hit when they're not that good to begin with. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Foles does have the potential to dot them up and pa- and literally pass all over them. He's only 5,700, so he could be a nice little option at quarterback.
0: Jared, what do you think about yeah. Foles?
2: I'm not playing him. But I like what he could do for Zach Ertz and Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. And that'll open. If Foles is Foles, that'll boost Aguilar. That'll boost Zach Ertz. And that'll completely boost J.A. Jai. Yep. And that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Because I might play. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking towards playing J.A. Jai. Big change after last week.
0: Uh, Joey, uh, who, do you, who are you looking to in cash this week?
1: For wide receiver, I'm looking at right at the top for Julio at 8,400. He absolutely snaps against Carolina. Um, Put up a 300 yard game against them in 2016. Last year in 2017, he, he had six catches for 118 yards in the first game in Carolina, and then five catches for 80 yards at home in week 17 so obviously him not scoring touchdowns because the Falcons are absolutely abysmal red zone team and really Steve Sharkeesian doesn't know how to call plays it's really frustrating so obviously that's a issue with Julio but he usually does well against the Panthers and mm his, historically.
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but you you do have to pay up quite a bit for him. Yeah, and and sort of make the choice to pay up for him instead of one uh, of your running backs, if I'm looking which is down, a tough choice for me.
1: If I'm looking down the list, I like <clears throat> Josh Gordon at 5800, and then right below him, Kenny Stills at 5700. Especially if Devontae Parker isn't out, just like you've mentioned on previous episodes, yeah. him and Tano, him and Tannehill have the best connection out of anybody on the offense because just because they have the experience together. So I like I like both those plays for some cheaper guys.
0: Yeah, and just to note, there actually were some more quotes that came out today from Gase and Tannehill, who were both saying how much uh like trust is a thing with Kenny Stills and and so much of their receiving core is new with Parker out. Um, I think the connection between Stills and uh, Tannehill is real. I would have liked to see him get more than uh, five targets in his debut, but um, I feel he's like still, d- he's still a dangerous player.
1: The delay messed up that whole game. They, yeah, I'm I'm
0: totally willing to throw that whole game out and just say it was sort of a just a odd game. In I mean, he, he
1: scored 29.6 points, but having the four catches and uh, five targets is kind of a concern. But I blame the delay, like a three and a half hour, four hour delay. Well, yeah, that's the, what that came is fair. Me. it
2: got. It got delayed twice.
1: Yeah, so it just messed up the whole rhythm of the game and. I feel like they just kind of wanted to get it over with, honestly.
0: Personally, uh it, it is still uh technically Wednesday night, Thursday when you're hearing this, but um my early cash builds are very focused on the mid-range wide receivers mid to low range right in the 46 to 4800 range I think that you could just pick any three of Kenny Galladay Devin Funchess Quincy Noonwa Chris Godwin if uh, Deshaun Jackson misses which it looks like he may be in serious danger of missing the game um, I think that all of those guys are safe. if if Jackson's out I think Godwin is a great play Quincy Noonwa clearly has a uh, good connection with Sam Darnold he had 10 targets for six receptions and that's uh, a Jets team that stopped passing because they were dominating the Lions in week one um, Funchess at 4,700 he led the Panthers in targets uh, in terms of wide receivers anyways and uh, Olsen's out um, Funchess hasn't had great games against the Falcons they've been decent but not great so um, that is something to look at but I do think that Funchess is an option and and at 4,800, Kenny Galladay had 12 targets, uh, only below Golden Tate for the Lions, above Marvin Jones in target share. And Galladay looked really good, honestly. He had, uh, like I said, 12 targets, seven catches for 114 yards, and he punched the ball out of a defa- uh, <laughs> on a Stafford interception. He turned that interception back into a fumble and caught it. Uh, Galladay was looking really good out there for the Lions, one of the few bright spots in a disaster game for them. He cracked –
1: hold on, now that you brought that up, he cracked the hell out of Tremaine Johnson, bro. Literally, he looked like a linebacker smacking a little kid. (laughs) And he hurt (laughs) him too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnson did miss the next couple of snaps. He came back in after the half. But, yeah, Galladay looked pretty decent, and I wasn't necessarily on the hype, but it seems that Stafford likes Galladay. 12 targets, that's great. At 4,800, Um I think his price would be higher, but DraftKings still they do release their prices before Monday night games. So, uh. do you think
1: um, with Galladay? Just a quick question. Do you think that you know he could maybe have like a repeat of last year because like he came on the like he came on the scene a little bit week one last year. He had mm-hmm. uh, 69 yards, two touchdowns, and then disappeared for the rest of the season. So you don't see that happening this year.
0: No, because throughout last season, he played uh, behind TJ Jones as the wide receiver. He was the wide receiver four for the Lions, and they only put him in in situations sort of like deep passing situations. And he's actually in in two wide receiver sets. He's their number two now for the Lions uh, with Tate coming in, mostly for three wide receiver sets in the slot. So I think that Galladay had a great camp. Um, he looks to have improved his Just general knowledge of the offense in the second year. I think Galladay is going to have a much bigger role. TJ Jones, now the clear number four for the Lions, and Galladay has supplanted him. So I do think that Galladay is going to get a lot more work uh, as a sophomore compared to his rookie year. All right, all right. Um,. Yeah, so Like I said, for cash games, I think if you pick any three of those four guys that I named, um, you're in a pretty decent shape uh, just to pay up for other positions like uh, getting some of the girlies, Gordons, McCaffreys, uh, James Connors of, of the world for your cash game lineups. Um, just some other names in the lower range that I think are interesting to look at. D.D. Westbrook uh, in a game where the Jags are probably going to have to pass uh, at 4,500. Um, that being said, I'm not sure if I'm playing any, uh, any, any Jags wide receiver, maybe in, maybe in a tournament, but not in cash and Paul Richardson at 4,200, definitely a name to look at. He did lead the Redskins and targets. He had a huge, uh, offseason free agency contract. He's a good deep threat, great, uh, 50, 50 ball player, um, against a bad defense in the Colts, a bad secondary, I should say, um. Richardson at 4,200, I think, is an option uh, for GPPs. So for GPPs, who do you guys like this week?
1: For GPPs, I like, I like uh, Jarvis Landry. You know, I like the Browns receivers in New Orleans. Um, we've talked about that previously, so I'm not gonna really go into detail on that. Um, another GPP play, GPP play that I like. Excuse me, is Pierre Garcon if Marquise Goodwin is out. <coughs> He should get increased targets if he's out, so I definitely like that at home against the Lions.
0: I don't want to turn this into the Lions podcast, but um, I don't think that Pierre Garcon, especially if Goodwin is out, would have any chance against Slay. I think that would be locks, um, personally.
1: Um, don't you think that Slay would just line up on one side of the field and?
0: Slay is shadowed before. Um, I don't know if he would shadow Pierre Garcon. Yeah, but... I,
1: I don't know about that.
0: Yeah, but I mean I mean if they're if he's their only other wide receiver option besides Pettis, I think that he, he actually might, um, if Goodwin is out. That being said, if Goodwin is in, I, I think there's actually a better chance that Slay would cover Goodwin, and Slay is more prone to give up uh big plays to those speedier guys than he is against the bigger bigger uh wide receivers who he has a pretty decent uh track record against slow. Even if Goodwin is in, I think he might be a good play. Whereas if he's out, I think that Garcon would be a full fade for me.
1: Yeah, I could see that. And just another name that I want to mention, I know that you guys might not be on him, but Philip Dorsett. He had seven catches. He had seven targets last week, so he caught all of his targets for 66 yards and a touchdown. He scored Mm -hmm. 19.6 points against the Texans. Obviously, he has a tougher matchup on the road in Jacksonville against the tough Jag secondary. But as the slot option now, with Edelman being suspended, uh, Brady's looking to him. They're building a connection. Brady's starting to trust him more. And Dorsett is trying to prove to everybody that he isn't the bust that the Colts drafted. So I, I just like him as a, as a GPP dart throw for uh, $4,500. Uh,
0: that's fair. I don't know if this is the week for me, but um, in general, I do like Dorsett. It's a possibility. Jared, uh, toss some names out there.
2: So, one guy I would pay up for in GPP is going to be, well, a couple guys actually, it would be T.Y. Hilton, Adam Thielen, and I would definitely take a chance on Mike Evans repeating what he did last week. And then, if I want to go down, I love Jamison Carter this week. I can't get off Jameson Carter. GPP, Cash, I'm playing him no matter what, honestly. 4,900. Seems like you can't get
0: off him ever. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Do you have any concern though? I mean, I love Crowder coming into the year, but he only had four targets, which I thought was very surprising. I was expecting him to be the sort of like a magnet to Alex Smith in the, in his debut with them, but it just didn't pan out that way.
2: No, I'm not I'm not worried. I mean he was coming off a, a grain injury, so I think a week removed from that, I think he'll be way more involved. And another play I would pair um, Alex Smith with would be uh, Thompson out of the backfield if you're looking for another running back for GPP I think mm-hmm. you could have a big game also.
0: Yep, For sure um, yeah I like both of those calls and we didn't mention it but I think that Tyreek Hill at 7600 is just uh, just completely underpriced. Um, again I think that Part of the pricing algorithm that DraftKings uses just discounts these guys like uh, like Hill, who aren't gonna get the targets necessarily. But uh, I mean, Hill is obviously just shown to be one of the most, if not the most, explosive player with the ball in his hands in the NFL. So at 7,600, you're getting a top-tier player at to a discount compared to guys above him like Brown and Thomas, uh, Hopkins, and 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 the likes of those guys. Nothing but facts. That being said, I mean, we didn't really touch on him. Uh, Antonio Brown, an amazing, amazing play this week, 8,800. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, if you're going to play him over those top-tier running backs. Same thing with Thomas, uh, an amazing play. It's just he's probably not going to get 17 targets, 16 receptions again. um, And again, they're not going to be coming from behind.
1: Yeah, I also love Juju this week as well for 6,400. I like yeah, feel like he's going to be in every lineup that I make.
0: <laughs> yeah, Smith-Schuster's a, a a great call. Um, Some other names I just want to quickly toss out there. Uh, Jared, you actually threw out Evans. Uh, we saw what Julio did to the Eagles' defense. Mike Evans, especially, like we said, Deshaun Jackson, looking like he might miss the game. Evans could snap at 7,300. That's a great call. Um, The... Broncos wide receivers we saw what Emmanuel Sanders did he had a huge target share 11 targets facing Oakland this week uh, at home Sanders at 6200 still a good play and even lower Demarius Thomas who still managed to have 10 targets is only 5600 so um, I would I I would consider Demarius in cash although I don't know if I would uh, be willing to go up from those uh, 48 to 4600 guys just for Thomas Alright, um, I think that is pretty good as far as skill position players. Let's uh we're getting pretty long here in, in terms of uh <laughs> how long we've been talking, so let's move on to DST real quick. Uh who's standing out to you guys?
1: Chargers, no matter what.
0: Chargers, uh obviously facing the Bills who were abysmal last week. Josh Allen making his debut in the NFL, uh probably gonna be underprepared. If Bosa was in, I think Chargers would be a 100% lock. But with him out, there's at least some question. They're traveling from West Coast to East, which we know can sometimes affect players. But uh, that being said, Chargers, 3,600, it's a great play.
1: They're going to eat that boy alive. <laughs> we saw uh, what? <laughs> Jets at 2,500.
0: Jets at 2,500, that is interesting. They are home. Um yeah, that that's a good call. I actually hadn't really considered them, but uh, that's interesting. What do you like about the Jets?
2: They played really well last week, and Tremaine Johnson's fine, right?
0: Yeah, I don't think he's expected to miss any time.
2: Yeah, that secondary, low key, Tremaine Johnson, Jamal Adams, um, Claiborne, like that's a really good secondary, and I mean, Tannehill's not good.
1: I mean. The Dolphins, I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, sure about the statistic. <laughs> I'm not sure about the statistic, but I think it's in Tannehill's last sixteen or seventeen games started. The Dolphins are eleven and five or twelve and five now that they just won. You might have to fact check me on that, but I think that's right. Hmm. Doesn't sound right. <laughs> doesn't sound right. <laughs> no, I, I saw it. I saw it trust me
0: okay
2: all right I'll, I'll so the dolphins well, do well. oh wait no actually yeah cuz they turned up at at the end of the playoff at the end of the season 2 years ago to get into the playoffs and yeah and then he got hurt last yeah, year and then he was hurt last year and they just won this game yeah, yeah. so that might be right actually yeah bro so cuz then they got dusted by the patriots uh, not the patriots the steelers in the playoffs
1: cuz mm-hmm. yeah so with Tannehill in that offense with Adam Gase they actually do win surprisingly. And I know, Ben, you've been a Dolphins hater this whole preseason, so facts. They might surprise you.
2: Well, good thing they're gonna we'll take out this week. So Jets defense, twenty five hundred, pick six, three sacks,
1: two interceptions, chalk it up. Bold um, bold predictions from Jared.
0: Jared, let me ask you a quick question as our resident Packers fan, is there any chance that rogers doesn't play this week he did not practice on wednesday um, he, is he is dealing with fine. a sprained left knee he's fine he's fine.
2: He's fine.
1: If, if he came in the game i've like last seen week. that
2: before yo he's done it before he did it against the lions he got hurt left the game came back dotted everyone up he's he's the savior he's fine
0: that is fair that being said if uh, if for any reason Rodgers does not play Vikings, absolute lock, $2,600. Um, in the same exact price range, uh, I was very excited uh, at the prospect of Mariota missing and getting to start the Texans at 2600 against Blaine Gabbert. Um, that being said, I still don't think the Texans are a bad option. $2,600, they have got great uh, pass rush. They've got a great uh, ability oh, to yeah, rush the quarterbacks. Sucks. Yeah, Mariota again. He's going to be even if he does play, he's going to be hobbled and at at 2600, I think the Texans have a good chance to just sort of eat him alive. If you if you can't find the salary to get up to the Chargers, you can save a thousand by going down to the Texans. So, um that's a play I'm definitely looking at.
1: Who who knew we'd be talking about Blaine Gabbert in in 2018?
0: Man, I really wish we wouldn't have to. To be completely honest, it's like a waste of my time.
1: He's <laughs> such a bust. Oh my goodness. Facts. There's so many busts in the NFL, but that's a whole nother conversation.
0: Yep. Um. So let's wrap this up. We are getting super late uh, in terms of this podcast. So, uh, real quick, do you guys want to talk about some players who will bounce back? For him, uh, shaky week one. I'll just start us off here and talk about. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to bounce back. Not that he was necessarily bad. He did post a 14.5 uh, game on DraftKings, but it was definitely disappointing considering what people thought he would do. Uh, for all the men- uh, reasons we mentioned earlier, in terms of the Falcons' injuries, their struggles against pass receiving backs. Um, I'm going to be all over Christian McCaffrey and GPPs, uh, thinking that he could have a big game.
1: I agree. Uh, one player that I think is going to bounce back that we previously mentioned is Kareem Hunt. Obviously he was a letdown last week, and I feel like this week is going to be his coming out party to the 2018 NFL season.
0: Yep, I could see it. Uh, I could definitely see his week one being the weakest, uh, weakest showing that he has all year. I don't think that he's going to put up very many games under five points uh, going forward. Jared, who do you like uh, as a bounce back player for this week?
2: Well, so after you guys took my top two, <laughs> um, honestly, if, hear me out on this, if Bosa's out, LaShawn McCoy could bounce back.
1: I agree. And,
2: I mean, it's hard to get less than 3.1 points being a top running back in the league. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of have to bounce back from that. But if Bolsa's out, that just weakens that run defense a lot. And I mean, he's got to score more than yeah. He's got to get more than thirty-one yards. You got to think.
0: And and he's got.
2: And with a rookie with a rookie quarterback, they're gonna lead on the run because they're not gonna lead on his arm. Yeah, they absolutely. Didn't want to start him. <laughs> they Didn't even want to start him versus this team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They're gonna. They're. I mean, if you think about it from Sean McDermott's point of view, I mean, they're gonna have to want to feature LaShawn McCoy. Want to get him started? Uh, they're going to be home this time at least. Um, McCoy's going to have to get more than seven carries if they even want a chance in this game. So I like that call, um, especially in GPPs. McCoy at five thousand seven hundred, I think it's going to be a sneaky play. He could, you could, you could get him at potentially under like two percent owned. So uh, McCoy is obviously a great player. Um, I like that call. That's a, lot. a
1: that's a great value pick right there. Yeah. Not gonna and lie.
2: one more person. One more person I like is Joey's boy, Josh Gordon. He's got a he's got to get more than one catch, You got to think, he played all but twenty snaps last week, and now he's finally listed as a starting receiver versus the Saints. Yeah, and he's he's a legit animal. No matter how many games he hasn't played these last couple of years, and if Tyrod wants to just chuck him the ball, Josh Gordon can do amazing
1: things. Josh Gordon will make everyone a believer, including Ben, soon enough.
0: Well... I'm not going to lie, guys, you kind of stole my next intro into our next segment, so I'll get right into it. We're going to talk about some low-owned GPP stacks, uh, potential stacks that could help you win a tournament. And coming from me, this is how much you know that I really mean this. I'm well-documented, even on this podcast, as being someone who doesn't believe in Josh Gordon. And I'm not saying I do um, in terms of the season or his career, but in terms of Week 2, NFL, you know, What's the date? What's the date we're gonna be looking at? September sixteenth, yeah, September sixteenth. Exclusive. Josh Gordon, I think, is a great play. Stack him with Tyrod Taylor. Um, and Jarvis. I think the hell, why not? You know, why not get <laughs> get get all of this game? Throw Camara in there. Sell to the money. Um, yeah, not a believer in Josh Gordon long term, but I really do think that he has a shot this week. Uh, we saw what Evans and Jackson did to. The New Orleans Saints, secondary, if the Browns want to have a shot in this game, they're not going to get it uh, with Carlos Hyde. They're going to get it through the air. Tyrod Taylor is going to have to put on a performance. And uh, as good as, as I think Jarvis Landry is, Gordon's going to have to do something for them to have a chance to get their first win in well over a season. So um, let's I'm all about Gordon how, here.
2: Let's not forget how bad the Saints defense started out last year and how elite they got. I, so let's not overreact to what happened last I, week.
1: I yeah. wish, I wish the Saints would put Lattimore on Gordon, cause, I, cause Lattimore will get eight. I'll say that now. Watch him
0: all. Lattimore's a good corner. He's Lattimore's
1: a great corner. A good corner. He's a great corner. <laughs> Gordon will eat him alive. Watch him all. <laughs> we'll
0: see. It's my son. We'll see. Um. Yeah. I Both mean,
1: predictions. 200 yeah, yards I think, I think home. 200 yards two touchdowns for Josh Damn. Gordon play him in all your lineups now please if you want to win
0: Joey how about you give us a uh, a GPP stack you like at low ownership
1: I just gotta go back to the Broncos man Case Keenum, Emmanuel Sanders Demaryius Thomas should be low owned again <clears throat> and they should put up roughly the same numbers against the Raiders who I feel like have a equally as bad secondary as the Seahawks and the Seahawks got lucky that Earl Thomas decided to show up and he actually got an interception on one of the first opening drives. Yeah I like I like Case Keenum to dot up the Raiders and you could even throw Royce Freeman in there for 4,300. I think he has a bounce back week against a weak Raiders run defense even though Lindsey kind of Got some touches that people weren't expecting. I think Royce Freeman shows out this week and shows why he was drafted high.
0: All right, interesting call. Uh, on that same note, Devonte Booker officially irrelevant in the NFL. Um, let's toss it over to my boy Jared. What are you thinking in terms of a low-owned GPP stack?
2: No, again, hear me out. <laughs> if you say Josh Allen,
0: Josh Allen, or no, Sean be, McCoy, I'm on this podcast.
2: Crazy. So. Aaron Rodgers, Geronimo Allison, Jimmy Graham.
1: Play it. I'm not Bring even it back
0: lie. with Diggs. Bring it back with Deion. I'm
1: not even gonna lie. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I Geronimo my... Allison is featured as he's
2: gonna get. He's. I mean, he had a against the touchdown. Vikings
1: defense. Yeah, that's why it's a low-owned stack. Honestly, the
0: Vikings... Rhodes will be on on Adams, right? But it's a low-owned
1: stack that has to score points, not just be low-owned. I mean, Rodgers can get the ball to anybody at any point against anybody. I agree. I mean, the Vikings uh, like to injure Aaron Rodgers. Oh, because it happened
2: one time. Does that mean the Chiefs like to injure Tom Brady? Happens one time it can happen again, am I right? Alright, well, next time the Chiefs play the Patriots when i Tom Brady AC I'll watch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean honestly, I, I could see that, especially with Rodgers having the health concerns, he's gonna be the third highest priced quarterback. Um <clears throat> definitely gonna be low owned. Um I could see it for but sure. But on a
2: on a more productive stack Alex Smith, Paul Richardson, and um, Jordan Reed. I
0: like that. I like that call a lot, actually. Um, Yeah. There's there's a lot of. Like uh, you said, Rodgers is going to be super low-owned, and and obviously, um, not a great matchup for him against uh, the Vikings in division. But um, anything can happen in a division game, especially. So, um, yeah. I like both of those calls from you, Jared.
2: That's lit.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, well, we've officially ran way too long on this podcast. Definitely going to be our longest episode to date. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to toss out there before we wrap it up here?
2: Sean Watson will be the highest-scoring
1: player this week. False. That's all I got to say. All right, man. The highest-scoring well, player out of everybody? Yeah, yeah, this what what highest that is what
0: highest-scoring player means. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Well, you know, uh, basically... I mean, at an hour and 20 minutes here, uh, nobody's going to hear that. So basically what I'm thinking here is we'll replay that clip if it happens. If not, we'll just bury it. Nobody will ever know the difference. So um, I, I like it, Jared. You know, there, it's, it's a win-win for us as a podcast. I like what you're saying. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, as my boy Joey told you in the open, uh, you can find us on iTunes. Subscribe. Uh, you'll earn our into- uh, our eternal love by doing so. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. You can follow our personal Twitters. Uh, mine is at Ben Hauver, B-E-N-H-A-U-V-E-R. Uh, Joey, tell them where they can find you.
1: My personal Twitter is at Joey Carrion underscore. And mine is at jared
2: underscore underscore marcus
0: uh that's gonna be it for us uh new episodes every monday and thursday and uh good luck in week two guys we will see you on monday to recap all of the action in week two if
1: you listen if you listen to the whole episode you're an og
0: Yeah.